something great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here, the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 54 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Augustinho, and I am here for another episode with you. Today, we're looking back, we're reviewing Gil Vicente Nil Benfica 1, round number 22 of the Portuguese Liga Nage. How is everyone doing? A big thank you to everyone who checked out my Jata Jata episode, which dropped on on this uh, channel, on this feed, on Tuesday morning, February the 25th. Um, very, very difficult to listen to myself in Portuguese, I must admit. I don't like the sound of it. Um, a lot of... You can hear a lot of uh, second-guessing in my voice, or at least of, of second-guessing my choice of words. But the reason I am working on that project is to improve that, of course, and to improve my Portuguese. And, of course, to um, work on work on the, the, the football terminology that I use in Portuguese as I try to listen to as much uh, Portuguese content as I can to, to, to familiarize myself more with the vernacular and with the, with the common, um, the, the common terminology used when breaking down football in Portuguese, but hey, for everyone who checked it out, thank you. If you're interested, it's on this feed, it's Jota Jota Episódio 2, my second episode, six months after the first, but I do... Breakdown Flamengo's 2-2 draw with Independiente del Valle in the first leg of the Ricopa or the Super Cup of South America. Alright, let's let's keep it focused now on Benfica, Sport Lisboa Benfica, return to action in the Liga Nage Monday night in northern Portugal in Barcelos in front of a raucous uh, partisan pro-Benfica crowd in northern Portugal as is so common the case, or so often the case, I should say, in northern Portugal. Benfica so well supported up there. Um, very, very um, good support for Benfica. And I think it showed in the performance on the pitch, Bruno Lage making some of the changes we've been asking for. And I thought he managed this match pretty well. And we'll go through the match minute by minute and whatnot. And we'll, we'll review it. And I'll obviously give my analysis and my thoughts, but I think overall, just from a first look, it was I knew right away this was a a better looking Benfica. Yes, the result was was narrow, and it was nervous at the end there. And at times, uh, our goalkeeper continues to shine. Odi Vlacodimos continues to shine, and he was definitely going to be called upon to to save us a few times. But I did think. At least at first look, when I watched this, um, and I have to admit, I watched this at the office, so I was not 100% focused on it at the first look. But on the first look, I did think Benfica looked improved 
I think the inclusion of Samadish in the 11 makes a difference in the attitude and in the, the composition of the team. And I think that the mister got this one right. I, I like that combination of Vidal and Samarij there in midfield as it, it frees up Tarapt to to play more in one directional one direction. And I think you've heard me criticize Tarapt's defensive positioning and his and and you've heard me criticize him for getting booked all the time, I think including Samadhi in the 11 is a quick fix for that. Because now we no longer needed Tarap to worry so much about his positioning, to worry so much about getting back and defending, about being the player to take the ball in transition out of the defending third to the middle third to the attacking third. We allowed him to conserve his energy and to use it in the attacking half and to use it creating opportunities for his teammates, what he does best, and the Defensive shape was just much, much better, obviously, with uh, with Samadish in there. I thought that the, the mister got this one right on the money, and I hope that the manager will will continue to, to build on this, and I hope that this is a lineup we're going to see. if it, It's going to have to be tweaked here and there, but I hope this is the approach we take going forward. I think this is a much better Benfica than what we have seen in the past uh, at least five matches, but... Um, certainly in the past uh, two weeks. And there's not much time to, to rest on our laurels. Got to turn around quickly and play a European match coming up on Thursday, February the 27th, just a few days from now. And we'll see with players where their fitness is at and what the mister is going to have to do at that point to um, rest if someone needs rest. Um, Samaritan, of course, leaves the match on a stretcher, but I there's a good chance that he's all right. Um, Bruno Lage said in the post game, both uh, the substitution of him and of Vinicius were due to fatigue. So we will see uh, in the coming days how they progress and if whether or not they will be fit to face Shakhtar on Thursday. Um, if Benfica put out the type of effort and the type of attitude they did against Gilles Vicente, I think Benfica is going to create chances to to put some balls in the goal, and to find their way into the next round of the Europa League. That, of course, is all depending whether or not they, let's be honest, whether or not they really want to advance in the Europa League. Um, how much are they going to prioritize this match? Only time's going to tell. And we will see on Thursday. But today, it is all about the Gilles and Befica from this past Monday. I'm going to take a quick break here to pay a bill. We're going to listen to Reconquista, and on the other side, we will have the news for this week. This is episode 54, Mr. Befica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu. You can follow me on Twitter at Befica Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Befica, on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Befica. And don't forget to check out MrBefica.com. I'll be right back. Sofrida a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Quem não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito 
fraqueza, nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora, nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se Sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo And in the news this week, for the week ending February the 29th, 2020, we start with women's football. Unfortunately, women's football dropped a close one in the derby in Alcochit to Sporting, 3-2 to two in round 15 of the Liga BPI. Uh, Benfica still top of the table on head-to-head -head as they had won the head-to-head -head with Sporting, having won the first match earlier in the season at the Stade de Luge 3-0. Therefore, Benfica win the head-to-head -head battle with Sporting and have the tiebreaker, but both teams are level with 42 points atop the Liga BPE with several matches to go still. Um, sticking with women's football, Andrea Faria, um, as well as Raquel Infant and Francisca Nazareth were selected by Portugal for the Algarve Cup. Francisca Nazareth, of course, one of the young, young um, up-and-coming players in women's football. And she was also the topic of a Lateral Scared article on the February the 16th of 2020. I pulled it up and... Um, my one of my favorite blogs and one of my favorite websites there is football related lateral esquerdo and uh, the question they ask is uh, or I should say the statement they make is a uh, era de Francisca Nazareth durante longos anos futebol feminino em Portugal viveu em era de Carla Couto that means for many years Carla Couto was the was the the staple of women's football in Portugal and as I paraphrase through the article they talk about 17-year-old Francisca, who now plays for Portugal, is a talent that we have yet to see in Portugal in women's football, and a lot is expected of the young player, as um, she may very well reach an, a, strat a large stratospheric level, um, playing in a potential, uh, she could become a big attraction in women's football in Portugal throughout the next decade, she was born in 2002, 17 years old. And there, if you're interested, go to Lateral Esquerdo. You don't have to be a Patreon customer for this uh, this article. There's a nice video montage there 
of Francisca Nazareth. Also in the news this week, we're going to go to eSports for the first time. Zezinho makes history as he is the first eSports Befica athlete to qualify for the World Championship. And he, the article, this one comes from Abola, and it says, A entrada em força do Benfica no mundo do desporto eletrónico, eSports. The strong entrance of Benfica into the eSports, in particular the game FIFA, which I'm sure most of my listeners out there uh, enjoy this game, as have I in the past, um, back when I had time for video games. But yeah, FIFA is a very popular sport, and... Um, he has qualified, and if I'm not mistaken, he won a major competition this weekend as well. He is a Brazilian uh, FIFA player, known as the best FIFA player in all of Brazil. Benfica signed him earlier this year. He is um, His real name is Enrique Lampke. He's better known as Zezinho, 21-year-old professional. And the most popular, um, he is the most popular FIFA player uh, for consoles from Brazil. And he is going to head, he has qualified for the FIFA and World Cup Grand Final, which is basically the World Championship of FIFA in August. This is big, and I'm going to explain why. This is Benfica. We hear about Benfica wanting to expand their brand and expand their marketing, expand their visibility. Nothing in today's modern world is more uh, visible and has more potential than esports. I don't know if everyone understands what esports are. It's video games, but video games are wildly popular around the world, FIFA especially. And um, these world championships are viewed by 10, 20, 100 times more people than watch a Befica first team match on BTV. Okay? Um, you want exposure in Asia, you want exposure in China, in Indonesia, in Japan. This is the way to do it. This is a great move by the club to invest in esports. And um, Zazinho will represent us well. I do not doubt that. All right, now on to the other sports, the modalities, if you will. Befica have won for the third straight year. They are the national champions in indoor track and field or indoor athletics, depending on your preference um, for the name of the sport in the English language where you live. This is a good, a great accomplishment for Benfica. Um, remember, of course, a couple of years ago, Sporting wasting a ton of money investing in this sport, buying up all the best athletes they could. Well, Benfica have returned to the top of the mountain three in a row now for Benfica in indoor athletics. And I take a particular liking to this because believe it or not, um, athletics was my second sport growing up. Okay. So I played, I played soccer, I played football, but in the off season, I ran track and field or athletics. I ran the 400 meters and I ran on the 400, uh, on the four by 400 relay and four by 200 and four by 100 relay teams at my high school. So I always do keep an eye to that sport. Women's volleyball wins three, two over Esmoriz in the round in round 25 of the championship. They win their sets by scores of 25-18, 25-13, and 15-11, winning in the fifth set. Men's futsal with a blowout win over Portimonense, 8-1 in Algarve. Men's volleyball, another 3 nothing skunking, 25-10, uh, 25-23, and 25-15, the score of the three sets over Fumalicense. Benfica B draw 1-1 away from home to Academic Viseu in round 22 of the Ledman Pro Liga. Men's hockey wins 9-1 at Alenquer. 
Sport Lisboa and Alan Kerr, if you want <laughs> a very much uh, Benfica look like club or a club named after Benfica. Women's handball wins 33 20 over Lessa. Women's futsal beats Nova Cement 9 3. Men's handball stays perfect in the EHF Cup. That's the handball equivalent to the Europa League. And they're in the group stage. They are three wins and no losses in this group stage, winning 29 24 over Guardia Opole. Liga Revolução under 23s. Benfica squander a 2 0 lead and lose 3 2 to Sporting in their derby. And of course, the rivals are very fired up that their B team beat our C team. Well done. Congratulations. All right, let's go around the league really quickly. Round 22 in the Liga Nage. We have Abj 0, uh, Guimarães 2, Tondela 1, Riwab 2. Bulanish Sad 1, Maritimo 0, another 3 points for Petit, Morirense 2, Santa Clara 1, Passos Ferreira 2, Famalicão 1, Famalicão continue their plummet after resting 10 starters against Guimarães, um, couldn't happen to a nicer team, I hope they finish out of Europe for, for the way that they handled losing to Benfica and for comments that they've made, I hope they finish out of Europe. Uh, Sporting 2, Bovista 0, Braga 3, Stubal 1. Football Club do Porto 1, Football Club do Porto B, nil. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Portimonense, or Portimonense, nil. of course. Uh, that penalty kick by Jackson Martinez, still in orbit today, last I checked, it's still orbiting the earth. Gil Vicente, of course, nil. Benfica 1. All right, let's get into that match right on the other side of this break. It will be uh, Gil Vicente versus Benfica round 22 of the Liga Nage. We'll dive right in. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Michael Agustinu. And you can find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Benfica. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. And check out MrBenfica.com. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Mr. Benfica. This is episode 54, and we are breaking down Gilles Vicente versus Benfica Liganage round 22. Without further ado, let's get right into the starting lineups. Starting with the home side, Gilles Vicente playing in a 4 3 3. Their goalkeeper is the Brazilian Dennis. The right back is Fernando Fonseca. The center back pair is the Brazilian. Yuri, uh, Igor, excuse me, Igor Nugueira, and the Portuguese Ruben Fernandes, and Brazilian Enrique Gomes is the left back. The three in midfield with Suarez in the middle, paired on, or I should say, complemented on each side by Kraev, the Bulgarian on the right, and Gonçalves, the Brazilian on the left. The front three, Sandro Lima, the top goal scorer on the side is the striker with Barai to his right and Lorenzi to his left. Benfica with a different look in this one. Bruno Lage changes it up a little bit. He goes to a 4-3-3 or what I call a 4-3-3 flex because it quickly becomes a 4-2-3-1 when necessary. And Benfica spent more time in the 4-2-3-1 in this match. But this is actually a better formation. I think this is a better formation for the players that Benfica have available for selection at this time. And I think it better complements the strength of those players playing in this formation. So we have Odie in goal. The very in-form Greek international goalkeeper. 
The right back is Tomas Tavares, Ruben Diaz, and Fehua, the center backs, and Grimaldo is the left back. The midfield three, the double pivot of Ulian Weigel and the return four months later, at least in the league. It's It's been four months since this man has started. I believe his last start in the league was back in August versus Football Club de Porto at the Stadio de Luz, if I am not mistaken. It is the Greek international Andreas Samaris, the heart and soul of this team in my opinion right now. He gets a much-deserved and a much-wanted from all of us start. Rafa is to his left. Pizzi is to his right. And Tarapt is the center-attacking midfielder at the front of that triangle. And the league's top scorer, Carlos Vinicius, is alone up top, playing as a lone striker in this one. It is round 22, like we said, of the Liga Nós 2019-2020. We're at the Stadio Cidad de Barcelos in Barcelos. Um, there's an attendance of just under 12,000 sold-out attendance. And Benfica are 378 kilometers from the Stadio de Luz, an approximate drive of 3 hours and 21 minutes away from home. But it is a home away from home because this stadium was, like I said, very, very pro Benfica. It was a very one-sided crowd. It was a very supportive atmosphere for the visiting side for our Benfica here in the north of Portugal. And a little bit of background information. Gil Vicente have beaten Porto and Sporting this year and are so far the only blemish on the record of Ruben Amorim as manager of Braga. Remember that they drew 2-2 at Braga just a couple of weeks ago. Those are the only points Ruben Amorim has dropped in the league uh, since taking over for Sapinto at the helm of the Guerreiros Dominio. Um, this is no small task, this match. Gilles are a very worthy opponent, and um, Benfica clearly were well prepared for this one and brought a much better effort and a much better concentration into this match than we have seen as of late. Um, Gilles, of course, are managed by the highly experienced, very, very experienced and highly respected Vitor Oliveira. Of course, he built this squad from scratch almost at the end of the summer. I mean, when they, when they finally got their, their decision in the court of arbitration for sport, that their relegation almost a decade ago was invalidated by the court. Um, and they were moved from the Campeonato Nacional Seniors, the CNS, the third division of Portuguese football, promoted to back to the first division. They didn't necessarily have the squad to go up two levels. Uh, Vitor Oliveira built this squad from scratch, finding what he could find. And he jokingly, when they beat Futebol Clube Porto in the first match of the season, opening day, at this very Cidade de Barcelos Stadium, uh, he, he joked that the players were still introducing themselves to each other the day of the match. There were players playing together that didn't even know each other's name. So a very good job this season done by Mr. Vitor Oliveira. We see the yellow t-shirts reading the signs, reading the slogan, Say no to racism on them by players and referees alike, of course, in response to the very embarrassing, um, very embarrassing and very, very ab 
deplorable um, behavior of some Gimaranish fans. Very unexcusable um, behavior towards Musa Marega last week. So the league responding with a, a campaign here. And the question isn't about wearing t-shirts. It's about the league being serious about their commitment to stamp out racism. Only time's going to tell if they're actually going to take action to ensure that that happens. But on this day, referees and players alike wearing the yellow t-shirts saying, Say no to racism. And it's noted here, this is Samadij's first start in all competitions since the 13th of December when he played in the Tasa, the Liga. The captains each read an, an anti-racism message to the fans with the microphone. We see Ruben Fernandes first for Gilles, and then Pizzi for Benfica reading the same message. And we see Lige high-fiving and hugging a young fan in the crowd before the begins. He would talk about that in the post-game presser. And it's amazing the kind of support this club has. And, um, you know, we remember last year, of course, the sign that a little girl gave to Bruno Lige at one of the away matches. Uh, I don't remember which. I think it was in Santa Maria the Feda against Fedens. Not 100% positive, but I believe that's where it was. And, again, in this match in Barcelos, you see a fan give a high-five and a hug to the manager is a, a great show of support from the young fan. The referee in this match is Luis Gudinho. The assistants are Pedro Mota and Valtor Rufu. The VAR official is João Pinheiro. Alright, so Gil gets the match kicked off, and we are underway in Barcelos. And in the second minute, it's Samadish playing Grimaldo down the left flank. He overhits his diagonal ball just a bit as Grima can't can't catch up to it. He tries, but he can't catch up to it before it goes over the end line. The crowd, however, applauds the effort from Samadish, and they are just happy to see him back on the pitch. It's the fourth minute, and we got some pretty ball movement in the attacking third. Pizzi to Weigel, Weigel to Samadish, on a line diagonally to Tomas Tavares, who drives across for Vinny. Carlos Vinicius, of course, but the defender is able to just throw off Vinicius's balance enough to prevent the league's top scorer from directing the cross towards goal. We're in the eighth minute, and it's Samadij again, this time with the steal in midfield, plays the ball to Tarap. Tarap picks out PZ's run, and the captain successfully dribbles the goalkeeper to the left, but Dennis does well to force PZ wide enough that he loses the angle, and his left-footed effort goes wide into the side netting at the near post, of course. 13th minute, and it's Ruben Diaz now with a foolish foul on Sandro Lima. Lucky to only get a warning from the referee as the Portugal centre-back came in with a high foot. His studs showing. Fortunate that he didn't make any contact with his, with his studs or with his foot on the opponent. Instead, only getting him with his inner thigh. He wrapped his leg kind of around the opponent's body to try to get to the ball. And no card on this one. However, um, Luis Gudinho would eventually put Ruben in the book a little bit later. It's the 15th minute, and it's Weigel and Ruben combining passes in the middle third. Ruben plays to Tarap, who picks out Pizzi, looking for the give-and-go. And number 21 is cut down very late by Enrique Gomes. 
giving Benfica a direct free kick from about the 30 meter area as we hear the crowd chanting Forza Benfica. We're about 30 meters from goal and on the ensuing kickoff, have a listen here courtesy of RTPI. Corte de Nogueira, Igor Nogueira, a sobrar para Tarab, pode optar por outro cruzamento, é isso que faz, e o golo, Vinícius, minuto 15. And you heard it there, my cousin Vinny, Carlos Vinícius, with the goal, he adds to his league leading tally, now 15 goals on the season for Carlos Vinícius, it was off the ensuing free kick. Pizzi takes it, hits it to the far post, headed by Igor Nogueira, but only as far as Tarapt, outside the edge of the penalty box, down the left. Tarapt cuts the ball back and puts it onto his right foot. He sends an in-swinging cross as, um, he sends it in right, just, you know, just between the penalty spot and the six-yard box, or the, the goal area box. And he puts it right on to, it's just a pinpoint accuracy, right on to Carlos Vinicius' forehead. And this time the Brazilian makes no mistake of it as he redirects the ball past Dennis into the goal. 1-0 for Befica. A quick review confirms there is no offside. It's a clean goal. Limpinho, as a certain uh, rival likes to say, Limpinho. No, Adel Tarapt is not offside. Learn the rules, okay? There's plenty of complaints coming again from the blue side of the north, from our rivals up there, that Adel Tarapt is offside on the play and this goal should have been invalidated. No, the ball is sent into the area. Adel Tarapt is not part of the play when Igor Nugeta heads the ball out of the area, okay? Uh, Adel Tarap then runs down the loose ball. That ball came from a defender. It was not played to him. He is not offside. He does well to create the space. Sends a cross in. And Carlos Vinicius is onside. There is absolutely no question about his positioning. And he heads it by the goalie. 1-0 to Befica. Well-deserved. Good start from Befica in the first uh, quarter of an hour. And they are rewarded. 20th minute and Rafa is brought down by Barai. It's an ugly foul where the Gilles player clearly stamps down on Rafa's ankle. Luis Godinho keeps the card in his pocket. 22nd minute, Gilles on a counter now. And this time it is it is Vlacodimus as he's hunched over. Here's the interesting part. Odi Vlacodimos is hunched over having just previously been been caught on a late challenge from Kryev. The referee did not call that. As play continues, Odie is, is out of position, hunched over as he's been kicked. And it is Sergio, uh, so, sorry, Sandro Lima trying to get the ball on goal, but fortunately his effort is broken up by a, by a last-ditch effort from Ruben Diaz. And then the replay does show us that Odie was caught late by Kraev. Um, the referee, of course, didn't see it. Why go to the VAR and check for, you know, a potential uh, sending off? It wasn't a sending off, so I understand why it didn't go to the VAR. But again, just a lackadaisical refereeing performance in this match. And again, we get to this week after week, show after show, 
We talk about the referees, unfortunately. Um, again, not a referee performance that the Portuguese FA is going to want to hang their hat on. And it's no surprise Portuguese referees being omitted from major international tournaments. 24th minute. Samadish brought down hard by Kryev. Again, there's no card. Kryev has a shot as a result, but it's right at Odi. It's saved in the style of a volleyball dig. So the ball kind of comes with a lot of speed and not much movement on it. And I think what happened was he's waiting for the ball to to come into his, his upper half. And it kind of dips a little bit with no spin, but it, it takes a, just the slightest dip. And like a like a missile kind of or a javelin just starts to to go downward and the goalkeeper reacts with a what looked like a dig in volleyball when they defend a spike and the you know both arms come together and you you pop the ball back up into the air um, the goalkeeper saved it whatever way he had to and and uh, on the ensuing rebound the ball is knocked out but it comes back. As Gilles will come again, and it is a far post cross from Sandro Lima to Barai. Barai gets on the end of it, and he forces another class reaction save from Odie. And now on the ensuing corner, still Gilles Vicente. It is Kraev, and he finds Enrique Gomes' head, but his header is right at Odie. And finally, danger averted for Benfica. 25th minute, it's Gilles trying to attack, and it's cut out at midfield by Ferru. He finds Tarapt, who turns and tries to have one from distance. Tarapt with the left-footed effort, but it's just slightly too high. Good tackle from Ferru. I'm going to say his name quite a bit in this episode, and for the first time in a while, it's it's mostly good from Ferru in this match. Um, I was very, very encouraged by what I saw from Ferru in this match. Maybe not all of you agree. I saw some some reaction on Twitter that doesn't quite agree with what I saw. But given where we've been and what we've seen, this was a step certainly in the right direction, not just for for Ferru, but for the entire team. 30th minute, it's Samadij at pace with the ball. He picks out Peasy with a pass. And the captain is quickly cut down, this time by Lorenzi. Again, Goudinho doesn't even think about reaching for the pocket. 31st minute corner to the far post. And it's headed on by uh, Enrique Gomes, excuse me. And then deflected by Lorenzi, but saved by Odiseej. Re, uh, replay later would show that, that Lorenzi was in a definite offside position. So had that gone in, um, I'm fairly confident the VAR would have called the goal off. They're usually not that bad it was that obvious that he was offside a good three four meters offside in the 33rd minute it is Samadish and this time taken down by Gonsalves a lot of fouls coming from Gilles Vicente certainly part of their preparation part of their plan for this game was to interrupt the flow of play to disrupt Benfica's ability to move the ball and um, the foul totals at the end of the game will say that I know after the match, watching uh, the review on uh, on BTV, um, the referee commentator there, Antonio Hola, did spit out the stats, and I don't have them on hand, but of basically the tempo deal, the time that the ball was in play, 
was about close to half of the the time played. The match was 97 minutes, and there was about, I think, 49 minutes of actual play in this match. A lot of time wasted, a lot of time killed with fouls and persistent fouling. And that was certainly part of Gilles, Gilles' strategy coming into this match. And the referee did not really um, did not really discourage it in any way as, for the most part, the cards stayed in his pocket all night. 36th minute now. We've got Weigel hitting Grimald on an outlet pass in transition. And the Spaniard finds Tarapt, give and go with Rafa. And the final ball is the... Rafa tries to deliver back to Tarapt in the area, but it is deflected up into the air by Ruben Fernandes. It's then headed by Igor Nugueda as he tries to head the ball back to his goalkeeper. His header doesn't make it the whole way, makes it about half of the way. And Carlos Vinicius picks it up as he sees that the header is not going to make it to the keeper. He gets on the end of it and he easily and coolly slots it by Dennis for what should have been the second goal of the match. Should have been Benfica's second tally. And instead, assistant referee puts his flag up for an incorrect offside. They would go to the VAR and surprise, surprise, the VAR gets this one wrong. Vinny is in fact standing in an offside position on the previous play. But he had absolutely no role in Rafa's attempted pass for Tarapt. Okay, the, it is very clear that... Vinicius is not part of that play. That ball is going for Tarapt. It is deflected up into the air and then headed by a defender. It's not sent by a Befica player. It comes from the opponent, from the defending team. And that's when it goes to Vinicius. There is no offside when the ball is played intentionally back by a defender as this one was. Horrible bit of refereeing once again. A goal, a clean goal stolen from Benfica. And again, this looks like what we're going to have to deal with week in and week out in this league. While our, our rivals, on the other hand, well, they've got opponents making sure they don't score. They've got opponents missing penalty kicks on purpose. Don't tell me that Jackson Martinez didn't miss that on purpose. Uh, I, I teased this in the last episode when I was talking about the Europa League match, but do not tease that. I mean, do not, do not try to tell me that Jackson Martinez misses all the time. So he misses all the time. And the normal penalty kick taker for Porto Mones, not Porto Mones, Porto Mones, steps aside and just lets him take the penalty kick against his former team in front of his former fans, the same fans that would applaud him at the end of the match. As he sails it over, he, he as soon as the penalty is given, Jackson Martinez is like, no problem, I got this. And he sails it over. He's even high-fived by a teammate right after. There's absolutely no remorse in his face. There's relief in his face. Do not tell me that, that Jackson Martinez is an upstanding professional. No, I will call his professionalism and his character into question because that was as obvious, as obvious... Of an intentional miss as I've ever seen. No question. Yes, listen. And I'm not contradicting myself. I called out Andrea Orta for this two episodes ago. When he was on the field. With no interest in, in, in playing against Benfica. You could see. He was he was making soft lobs at Odie. Or passing the ball errantly to Benfica players. Same thing. Okay, so don't accept. 
Andrea Horta didn't step up and take a penalty kick and miss it on purpose. Jackson Martinez did. There's no question that that was absolutely one of the most embarrassing and one of the most disgraceful displays I have seen on a football pitch in a long, long time. And nothing surprises me when it involves that team in blue and white stripes. Let's get back to this game. Sorry, I went off on a rant there. Where were we? We were talking about this horrible bit of refereeing. As Benfica have a clean goal wiped. This It should be 2-0. Unfortunately, it is only 1-0 in the 37th. Lawrence's attempted pass forward to Sandro Lima is well read and intercepted by Ruben Dias. And he comes running out of the back. And he plays the ball wide to PZ. Continues his run, taking a Gilles player with him. And clearing the space for PZ to, car to carry the ball. PZ subsequently carries inward. Draws defenders and then tries to thread the needle into space for Rafa, but it's cut out by a Gil player. But his his defensive play only sends the ball right back to Pizzi, who then first time passes wide to Ruben on the right. Ruben fakes the cross, carries inward with his left, and he then triangulates the ball between him himself, Tarapt, and Rafa, coming to Rafa with a heel flick into space, playing Ruben into the penalty area. And Ruben slides to make a cross for on-running Vinicius at the far post, but a deflection by Enrique Gomes at the last moment is the only thing that saves Gilles Vicente from going down to... This was the best sequence of the match thus far. I did, uh, I did comment that. I did notice that. Um, good bit of play from Mefica. Very encouraging to see. We have not seen that in four weeks. Um, it's been a long time since we've seen a combination play and a string of passes and a sequence like that one. In the 38th minute, Rafa's clean tackle on Kryev is incorrectly whistled by Gudinho. And again, refereeing called into question. 41st minute, Gilles is in transition. Kryev finds Lawrence, who hits the ground like a ton of bricks, begins to fall even before there's any contact. And the ensuing free kick... Um, is dealt with and headed safely by Ferru. We're in the 44th now. Play starts with Weigel, who changes the point of attack to Samadis, who continues it wide to Ruben, who then hit a long diagonal into the area. It is headed out by a defender only as far as Carlos Vinicius, and Carlos Vinicius spreads the ball wide to Pizzi, who crosses it to the far post. Adel Terapt is coming in. He's just a bit late on it he, as he... Doesn't quite get it in the optimal position, but it's, it's a little bit past the post. But he does, with the inside of his right foot, play the ball nicely. Right back across the face of goal for Vinicius. But it's just a hair too high for the Brazilian striker. And Gilles are looking for the halftime whistle at this point. It's Benfica really uh, amping up the pressure, really increasing it. But in 45th plus one, Samadis plays wide to Tomás Tuvarz. Who then makes a terrible decision, terrible mistake here and misjudgment. As he decides to knock the ball all the way back for Ruben Diaz, his center back at midfield. But he overhits it and it's it's not at not at Diaz, but more so between him and Ferru into space. It's in behind them and Gilles are on the break. Sandro Lima at pace. He's running in. However, Ferru retreats well. He manages to get himself in front of the ball carrier. And stop the progress of the ball. And as he holds up, as he holds up 
Sandro Lima. Sandro Lima then waits for the arriving Lawrence and slides the ball to him left. Ferru then slides left. Ruben Diaz shifts central to take Sandro Lima. This is a perfectly executed defensive sequence. And Ferru is then in optimal position to block Lawrence's shot as Lawrence's uh, touch to set up his shot was all the time Ferru needed to close down the angle. This was a phenomenal bit of defense, and I do need to to stress this because there's a whole other side of the game that a lot of people don't watch. A lot of people watch what we do going forward. A lot of people see what we do in front of goal. A lot of people catch mistakes that are made defensively. But I don't know that a lot of people realize just how well executed this defensive sequence was by Ferru and Ruben Diaz. Very, very well done. They were outnumbered. They were in a dangerous part of the field. And they did impeccable to cut down the attack and to minimize the chances of the opponent scoring. I need to pat Ferru on the back. This was phenomenal from the young center back. And I'm hopeful that this is going to boost his confidence because we saw a much better Ferru in this match. And I did make a note here where I said I was actually glad that this mistake from Tomas Savar happened because it gave Ferru the chance to make a big defensive play to raise his spears, hopefully rebuild some of that confidence in the young defender. Well done by the defender on this one. And on the end of the play, Luis Godinho will whistle for halftime. And um, a couple notes closing out the first half. Better play at both ends and in both phases by Benfica, in my opinion, both offensively and def defensively, than what we've come to see recently. Um, Benfica making more good combinations, more so than they have in quite some time. Odie is still in top form too, which is good. When called upon, he has been, he has been phenomenal. The triangle in midfield of Samarish, Weigel, and Tarapt is functioning well. It's controlling the territory that the majority of the match is being played in, and it is minimizing the dangerous chances that the opponent is getting. Okay, and Gil, I wrote, interestingly enough, Gil Vicente, opting to try attacking us down our right side and not our left. I think this is just a simple method, uh, simple instance of the manager, an experienced manager like, like Vitor uh, Oliveira, not changing the way his team plays to try to, to exploit a weakness in Benfica. I think he decided that his team is going to be better playing to their strengths and not so much to Benfica's weaknesses. They generated some opportunities going down Benfica's right down there, but now Gil Vicente's left. Um, so probably a good bit of coaching there by uh, Vitor Oliveira. But also it is a little bit of, of a relief for Grimaldo and Ferro who were called upon a bit less, especially Grimaldo, really not exploited at all defensively. And Ferro answering the call whenever the play found its way to him. He was very good in this first half. All right, we are going to take a quick break here for halftime. We'll be right back with the second half. Here on Mr. Benfica, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho, of course, on Twitter at Benfica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Benfica. On Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica and at MrBenfica.com.
to Mr. Benfica. The second half is about to get underway If you watch, when you watch this on Ertipi, as I did, and where the cameras are in the tunnel when the broadcast returns. And you see the players in there waiting to take the pitch, the Benfica players, of course. You can hear the sound of I Will Survive playing in the stadium. And you see... Carlos Vinicius goofing off with assistant coach Nel, uh, Nelson Verissimo, showing that uh, Benfica are a bit more laid back than they have been and confident. As also you see Benfica, um, you see midfielder Benfica midfielder Pizzi getting some pointers from the legend Rui Costa. And what a I've said this before, but what an invaluable tool Rui Costa can be, especially for a midfielder like Pizzi. Um, to give him some pointers at halftime like he likes to do. Rui Costa's wisdom is credited with being instrumental in the development of two of his former teammates who went on to be two of the greatest players in the world the last decade or so, about a dec in within the, the last decade. I'm talking, of course, about Andrea Pirlo and Kaká, his teammates at AC Milan. Um, a lot of a lot of knowledge in in the mind of Rui Costa in terms of midfield play and of how to see the game and read the game. The match gets kicked off and in the 46th minute, right off the bat, it is Krayev with a long range effort. It's right at Odi. He saves and smothers at 47th minute. Ruben Dias plays it to Tomasz who plays Vinicius into space behind the Gil backline. Vinny cuts the ball back from right to left onto his preferred left foot, very similar to the position he was in when he scored at the Dragon, but this time his shot is deviated at the very last second by Igor Nugeta, and he deviates and redirects the ball wide. Dennis was a beat had Nugeta not been there, 48th minute. Swatch goes down 25 meters from Odie's goal, and the foul is called on Tarapt, who does appear to just get his arm around his opponent. Enrique Gomes' ensuing direct kick is far too high to trouble Odie. 51st minute, but I beats Tomaj. Cuts in onto his right foot, fires and for, well, sorry, fires and forces a right-handed save from Odie along the ground, diving to his near post. The next 10 minutes, I noted, were played mostly in the middle third. Um, very similar to, to a phase in the Shakhtar match where Benfica got control of the territory and they, they held their shape well. And Benfica did some possessing in this, in this phase, in this match. They weren't possessing against Shakhtar in, the, in that phase. But the setup was identical. And in, here against Gilles Vicente, Benfica are, are possessing for a good 10 minutes or so. And um, the, the match is being played mostly in the middle third. And Benfica controlling the tempo and the territory of the match comfortably. However, in the 62nd minute, Tomasz Tavac facing his own goal loses his positioning. And he is dispossessed as, as he leaves the ball exposed. But I steals it, goes toward goal. But his effort is dealt with by Odie. And it's another inexperienced um, lack of concentration error from young Tomasz Tavarsh, 64th minute, and Vitor Oliveira will bring his first sub into the match. It is the former Benfica youth product, Hugo Vieira. He replaces the Bulgarian Krajev in the 67th. It is Samaric facing his own inline with an opponent on his back, and he gets creative. 
begins to juggle the ball up into the air, off his thigh, and then is able to volley it away to safety on the turn. Nice creative way to get himself out of danger. Uh, Nugato would win the ball in the air from Vinicius, but he would head it right to Terapt. Terapt's first touch goes to the left to Rafa. Rafa plays to his support, who is Ruben Diaz, and Ruben penetrates a pinpoint pass to Pizzi. Pizzi with his back to goal, sends a first-time pass down the right to Tomas Tavares. The youngster stops his progress. This is something he does way too often. He's got space to carry. He's a wing back. He should be confident enough to start carrying. He has the pace, but he cuts it back and safely gives the ball back to Pizzi, who's rounding his run in support. And Pizzi looks up, plays a perfectly weighted ball over the top onto Tarap's chest. Tarap with his back to goal. He, he pops it up with his chest. With his right foot, he flicks it to himself. Over the defender, does a spin move, comes around, the ball takes one bounce, and on its way back down, Tarap connects with his left foot and fires an absolute missile off of the crossbar. This thing was a missile. Um, if you go to Barcelos now, <laughs> 48 hours later, or a little less than 48 hours later, wouldn't be surprised if that crossbar is still vibrating back and forth. That's how hard he hit this thing. Um, he does so well. Great bit of skill from Adele to set up his own shot. Befica very unlucky not to be up two or three at this point. It's the 74th minute though and it is Vinicius down cramping up. The big man has run a lot in this match and he's playing a more solo role up top. So we see Lige and Verissimo there on the sideline discussing their options. And within seconds, you do see a signal sent. Or perhaps it is, perhaps it's it's Verissimo on, on the communication. He's wearing an earpiece. Perhaps he's talking to someone. Uh, the fitness coach most likely at the other end of the pitch where the players are warming up. And you see Diego Souza sprinting back to the bench, shedding the tracksuit getting the, the match jersey on, getting ready to come in as Vinny's replacement. Befica temporarily down to 10 men until the substitution can be made. Carlos Vinicius stays on to limp around, but he's really not much use at this point as it looks like he is completely spent. But in the 78th minute, it is Ferru with a bit of another bit of wonderful defense. He dispossesses Ugo Vieira on the slide and then... Po toe pokes the ball to Grimaldo, who then clears it. The ensuing attack finds its way to Rafa. Rafa at pace, running at. the He's running. The lane is there to feed Peasy's run. Peasy's timing it perfectly. The lane is there. All Rafa's got to do is play the ball right in. However, his technique lets him down, and his pass goes right at the stationary defender. And it is cleared to safety for Gil Vicente. Uh, Benfica knocking, but they can't get that last delivery. Still, a phase of the game that this team needs to improve is that last that last delivery. So we go to the 79th, one minute later, and the substitution is finally made. Diego Souza enters. Carlos Vinicius is off. Benfica's top scorer is replaced after a hard day's work. He's got a goal scored, and he covered 8.6 kilometers in this match, as the graphic on the television shows. A lot of running for the 
player for the normally more fixed or more static uh, traditional number nine. Uh, Carlos Vinicius, he's normally a bit more stationary in attack. He he did a lot of running in this one, and he basically played as, as hard as he could, and he was spent. The change was made. It's a good decision. I like the decision of going to Diego Souza and not to to Seferovic. I'm, I was not interested in seeing Harris Seferovic play alone up top. He's a player that can run, but he's positionally... He likes to hang to the left, so um, Diego Souza more of a central striker. This was a good decision by, I'm assuming it was made there um, by committee or by the two of them, by both Lige and Verissimo in that conversation. And right away you see that Diego is well versed in being the first defender as a striker. Very good body posture and defensive positioning as he's pressuring the ball. And he's angling his approach to the ball, to the ball handler, perfectly. Uh, looks like he has a little bit more experience in playing that role. Um, he's an experienced player, and I think he's a good addition to this Benfica team. He brings something we lost from losing RDT, and he brings, like I said, a lot of experience. And he's had a run where he's been able to score goals. So if that's something we're going to need from him, he'll be able to do that, I believe. And if we don't need him to do that and we need him to come in and press the other team's back line and keep them from building up play and to be a big target man in the attack so that we can so that we can get relief out of the back and so that we can relieve pressure. Diego Sosa's the man for that for that role. Um Harris Seferovich is not Harris Seferovich on a good day is the type of player you want to play into space. You want to pl get him running towards goal. Diego Souza, much more um, experienced and much more um, built to play with his back to goal. So, I again, good substitution here by the manager. 83rd minute, it is Laurency with an in-swinging cross cleaned up by Ruben. Ruben. Clearance comes to Diego Souza, and again, he holds the defender off, waiting for help from his teammates, and he is fouled by... Igor Nugeta, uh, 84th minute, and now Lige will go to the substitutes bench one more time. And this one is a defense-minded substitution that I think just about everybody understands. It is Franco Cervi replacing Rafa Silva. Um, Cervi brings a lot more defensive characteristics to the game as he replaces the speedy winger. However, I wouldn't have minded seeing this switch being Cervi for Pizzi. And Rafa going to the right side of the field. Um, I'm concerned about the amount of minutes PZ is playing. I'm concerned his form is not the best right now. And he's probably tired. He's probably fatigued. And he continues to play minute after minute, match after match. So I wouldn't have minded if that had been the switch here. I know some people on Twitter calling for Jota in this situation. Or for Jota to come in for, for PZ. That did not happen. It looks like the... The manager was 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 hedging his bets on experience in the final stages of this match. Gilles will counter with a substitute of their own. It's Artur Enrique coming on for Enrique Gomes. Enrique for Enrique. <laughs> and in the 85th minute, Sandro Lima down the right. He beats Ferro. This is the first time Ferro's been beat by playing the ball to himself through Ferro's legs. But then his cross is to no one. No harm done. We're in the 86th, and it is Samarish to Tarapt, and Adele turns 
and it's off to the races with the ball, and that's when Nugeta comes in flying, studs first, head on, with a very, very late sliding challenge, takes the Moroccan international down. There was no attempt whatsoever to play for the play the ball on this play by Igor Nugeta, and Gudinho finally shows the Brazilian center back a yellow card after countless fouls. It's the 87th, and it's Hugo Vieira running at Benfica. Ferro comes up with a clean challenge again and a perfectly executed tackle. Wins the ball, and Befica play out of the back. A minute later, Samadij is down, and he appears to be unable to continue. The Greek, in his return to the lineup, played his heart out. He ends up uh, leaving on a stretcher, perhaps because the referee was just trying to speed up the process. I think the Gilles players and the manager of Gilles were accusing Befica of some time wasting here. So the referee calls for the stretcher. Samadis just put on it, carried out, and Lige will replace him as uh, the Greek international would come off. Shikinyu comes on, and Andreas Samadis put in a labor-intensive performance. This was his return to the 11. Nearly 10 kilometers covered, 9.7 kilometers on the pitch, and he had four important uh, possession reco recoveries of possession, and the crowd up. up appreciatingly applauds his performance as he's carried off the pitch. Shikinyu joins Weigel and Tarapt in a midfield triangle for the closing minutes. Befica see out the final six minutes as the placard goes up showing six minutes of stoppage time, but Befica see those final six minutes out and will earn much-needed and well-deserved three points to reclaim the lead in the league and to reclaim their spot atop the Liga Nage ahead of Porto by one point. Let's go now to the goal point as we'll start with Gilles' ratings. The goalkeeper, Dennis, 5.7. Fernando Fonseca, 4.8. Igor Nogueira, 5.9. Ruben Fernandes, 6.1. Enrique Gomes, 4.4. Lorenzi, 5.4. Krajev, 6.0. Suarez 5.5, Gonçalves 6.1, Barai 5.6, Sandro and Sandro Lima 6.0. Benfica's ratings. Odi, another man of the match, according to the goal point ratings, 7.7, highest rated player on the pitch. Uh, Tomas Tavares 4.5, Ruben Dias 5.7, Ferro 6.3, Grimaldo 5.9, Pizzi 7.5, Tarapt a 6.2. Performance Weigel 5.4, Samadis 6.1, good performance in his return. Rafa is a 5.5, and Vinicius is a 6.0. Final thoughts um, good result. Large parts of this match, the performance was good. It was still a little too close, a little too nervous at the end. But Benfica at the same time were never really in any real danger of suffering an equalizer. Odie had a lot of saves, but a lot of them. They were very good positioning and right at him. Okay, there were no real instances where you thought that 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 Gilles Vicente really blew a golden opportunity. Benfica, though they gave up opportunities, they limited how dangerous those opportunities were. And I think Odie's rating is a little bit um, inflated due to the amount of saves that he did make. There were a lot of shots, but most of them from distance and most of them uh, easy to save. So um, I'm not going to hang my head too much on, on you know, a lot of people see it as an issue that the goalkeeper is the best rated player on the field. 
goalkeeper's there to do a job. Our goalkeeper's very good at that job right now. Um, I think the team did a good job of limiting his his work and increasing the probability of the shots he did save, face being shots that would be saved. Um, good midfield play, I thought. Uh, not such a good performance from Tomas Tavares, but he's a young player. This is what this is part of the progression. He's going to have good games and bad games. He's going to make good decisions and bad ones. Um, but all around, I thought this was a pretty solid performance from Benfica. Let's go to the stats. Um, sh total shots, Gilles with 16, like like I said. A lot of them from distance, though. Um, seven of them were on target to Benfica's four on target. Benfica with 10 total shots. Passes, it was Gilles Vicente with 350 passes to Benfica's 482 uh, for an efficiency of... 83.2% to Benfica, 75.4% for Gil Vicente. The vertical pass, um, Gil Vicente, only 55.1% effective on the vertical pass. That's that's in part due to Benfica's good positioning and their good anticipation defensively cutting out a lot of vertical passes. Uh, Benfica, 64, excuse me, 0.6% effective on the vertical pass. Benfica, pretty, pretty consistent in those numbers, not different really from the way they were in the Ukraine on this past Thursday or last Thursday I should say. Possession 57.3% to Benfica versus 42.7% for, uh, for Gil Vicente. Um, duels won. This is a key category. I, one of my favorite categories in, in the statistics. Maybe one of the best metrics of of uh, how the match went. Benfica winning 70 duels to 53. Uh, a lot of this due in part, in my opinion, to the inclusion of Andreas Samadis. Um, corners, nine corners to Gil, six to Benfica, 11 crosses for Gil, nine for Benfica, but we finally got a goal off one of those crosses. Let's go now to the table. Benfica top of the table with through 22 matches, 57 points. Porto second on 56 points. Braga third with 40. Sporting is fourth with 39. Rio Ave fifth right now in that final Europa League spot with 36 points. Fumali um, Cone, they continue to fall as they are now at sixth place, 33 points. Guimarães 31 in seventh. Santa Clara in eighth with 29. Boavista is ninth with 28, and now we have three teams on 26, so 10th place is our next opponent. Moreirense on an even goal difference, a zero goal difference. Their 10th, 11th is Gil Vicente, also on 26, minus 5 in the goal difference. Vitoria Stubal is 12th with uh, a minus 10 goal difference, also on 26 points. Maritimo 13th with 24 as they're just slightly ahead of Tondela and Bulanish Saad, who also have 24. Tondela, minus 8 on goal difference. Bulanish Saad, minus 19. But Petit looks like he's doing it again, as he has taken over this Code City team, and they are now 5 points. Sorry, they are 9 points from 17th place Portimonense and from the relegation zone. It looks like Petit is going to pull it off again. 16th place is Passos Ferreira, 19 points. 15th, Porto Moniz, and I can't wait till this team is relegated. I've, I've seen enough of them in, in this league. They're on 15, and 18th place is Sportivo de Zavs, 
Nunumanta's team now six points from safety. The top goal scorers, all right, as we'll go with the top four, as Vinicius is top, as you know, he's got 15 goals. Peasy, his teammate, 12, he's second. Bragas Paulinho and Gil Vicente Sandro Lima are next, each with nine in assists. It's Peasy leading the way ahead of Tecatito and Grimaldo. Bruno Fernandes is in there as well, but as you know, Bruno Fernandes now with Manchester United, so his seven are going to stay seven. Tecatito also with seven, Grimaldo with six. And Carlos Vinicius is leading in the minutes per, per goal categories. One goal every 74 minutes. And uh, that, that sums up that sums up Gil Vicente versus Benfica. Um, we've got some more some more programming coming up. Of course, Europa League coming up on Thursday. Benfica need to turn around a 2-1 loss in the Ukraine last week. Need to win by a goal. Um, they need to either win 1-0 or win by two goals to advance. Uh, hopefully, Benfica can see that out. Um, I would hate to go out of the Europa League already, and I'm going to be honest, in a selfish motivation, I want to play that Europa League anthem again on this show more than once, all right? Uh, that song is awesome, and I want to play it some more. So um, next up will be that match. We've got next week's fixtures here before we go. Round 23, Portimonense will play Vitoria Stubal, Rio Ave versus Bolognes Sad, Boavista hosts Gil Vicente. Avs versus Passos, um, Maritimo versus Braga in Madeira, Guimarães hosts Tondela, and then on Monday, Santa Clara Porto in the Azores, in the Azores, and then Benfica hosting Moreirense Monday afternoon. It's 3:45 p.m. here on the east coast of the United States. That's 8:45 p.m. or 20:45 in Portugal in Lisbon, and then on the next day, Famalicão will host Sporting. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for checking out Jota Jota Kiriok. If you haven't heard it yet and you understand Portuguese, go ahead, go back in the feed and check it out. Also, check out the PTV Soccer Network um, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search PTV Soccer Podcast Network. I've got uh, some stuff there. That's where the original uncut uh, Jota Jota episode is. I'm going to have some more stuff going up there shortly. I'm going to try to get some writing done this week and get another article up on MrBenfica.com and of course follow the social media at Benfica Mister on Twitter at MrBenfica on Instagram at um, www.facebook.com forward slash MrBenfica and of course at MrBenfica.com That's going to do it for this week. Thank you everybody for listening. I'll see you this weekend at some point where we'll review the Europa League match with Shakhtar Donetsk. It's the round of 32 second leg. Have a good week, everybody. Let's do this, Benfica. Let's turn it around. Let's hope that this match is the turning point in the season. Let's believe in this team. Let's get behind them. Okay? Because hashtag we are Benfica. We do this hashtag Pelo Benfica. Hashtag Dam U38. Bye, everybody.